Hello, welcome to the Lansing Area Church of Christ's weekly message podcast. If you'd like to learn more about LACC, please visit us online at lansingchurch.org. This week, Phil Perez from the DeKalb Church of Christ in Illinois visited Lansing to preach the next lesson in the On Mission series. He discussed Acts chapter 18 in a message titled, Open Doors. A quick note, this week's audio definitely doesn't sound great. Sorry about that. We'll try to get things sorted before next week's episode. Thanks. Amen. Good morning, Lansing. It's so good to be with you guys. I feel like I get to finally meet some of those faces. You know, we did the video uh, uh, Bible, uh, 2020 Bible Vision Project together. And uh, I, I was like, I'm like, I get to meet the folks that I saw on the video. And uh, so it's so great to be with you this morning. I was, I was like, okay, now where's the people that had the babies and the dogs? And I was really, I, I know that I, I think you're online, uh, Dana, you're up there in Saginaw, I heard. But I was like, I got to meet the guy with the big mic. And, the, and I, you know, I was really excited. And so um, just really good to be here with you this morning. And I've been so fortunate to be really building a friendship uh, with your guys' minister, Joel Nagel, here, because I feel like he's quickly becoming one of my good friends. We have uh, really a sister church down in DeKalb, and uh, though we are kind of in the middle of the corn in a much smaller town, uh, we just, we've, we're starting to build a connection with you guys. I think that is really good. And so uh, it's just been great to, to really get to know uh, Joel and his family and you guys as a congregation. I'm excited to be here today. I, I hope you guys are excited to worship. If you're, if you're worshiping online and, uh, and streaming, we're so glad uh, you're with us this morning. We're, we are certainly prayerful that uh, the worship uh, really uh, reaches your heart and that God's word also makes it there. Amen, church? Amen. And you can go ahead and be opening your Bibles to Acts chapter 18. We are going to jump into the word this morning. And um, I'm, I'm I, just even thinking about how we go through the Bible and just reading the book of Acts like, I feel like every good disciple should, like, really have, a, like, a solid, uh, like, foundation in the book of Acts, just looking at it, because um, what you see is really amazing how uh, the gospel message is super powerful, and you see God just doing amazing things everywhere you go. And even though we're going to be in Acts chapter 18, I really thought of, like, um, in Acts chapter 17 through 19, you see Paul basically giving this clinic on how to, like, spread the gospel. Even in Acts chapter 17, it's like, uh, you know, he's at the uh, the Areopagus in Athens, and he doesn't use a single scripture. He just, like, quotes a, a, something from a statue that he sees in the courtyard. And next thing you know, like, the most powerful people in Athens are, like, leaving the Areopagus with him and becoming disciples. And so this morning, we're going to just reflect on um, open doors and just what do open doors for the gospel look like. And um, I was thinking about in my own life how um, certain doors to me have been opened. If you've ever uh, looked for uh, employment or a job right out of college or just for something, there's this phrase that people use. Maybe you're familiar with. It's not what you know, but who you know, right? And uh, I find that that, like getting a job through someone you know, ends up being so much easier than like pounding the pavement and really trying to find one through the newspaper clippings. And of course, nobody does that. Now it's all just online. So just reveal my age a little bit there. But um, yeah, and so, but I remember when I was straight out of college, at my major, I actually um, went to school at, at Northern Illinois, which is where DeKalb is. 
Uh, my wife and I were both met there. We, uh, yeah, hus we do the, that's our husky little thing. That's NIU pride. And, uh, but we, to give you a little bit more about us, hope that'll, like we, ha we were dating for, for quite a while and, um, we had started to think, well, what about this God thing? I was in a frat. She didn't really, wasn't, we weren't, neither one of us were spiritually minded. And all of a sudden we read the book of Matthew together. And at the end, we said a prayer that God, we're like, God, we don't know what we're doing. We're like, God, would you mind sending us some Christians? We're like, we're like, almost like you would order like food or, you know, and, uh, and, and literally within 24 hours of saying that prayer, the same individual reached out to us both separately on campus. Within 24 hours, God had answered that prayer. But the cool thing was the second time uh, he had reached out to uh, me at the rec center and my wife uh, at, at the, the apartment where we lived in, and he knocked on the door, but I wasn't there. So we ended up not going to this little discussion that they had. And the um, well, he he was so amazed at, at my wife's response to like she like in the history of like being excited to go to a Bible study, she was pretty excited, and, and so he couldn't believe that she didn't make it. So he, he went back to the door he had knocked on. This time she opens the door, and I'm there, and I see this guy from the weight room from the rec center. And all of a sudden, we put it all together. And we're like, holy smokes. Like, we said this prayer, and this same guy reached out to us both in that short window of time. That's the kind of stuff that God does, right? And literally, we had chills. And after he left, we sat back down on that same couch that we had prayed initially. And we're like, God, we don't know what you're doing, but that's like we're spooked out right now. And we're going to just try to have eyes as open as we can. And of course, my wife was super humble through the Bible studies and uh, through, you know, just opening the Bible. And she was like ready to be baptized right away. Me, I fought tooth and nail because I didn't want to give up my, you know, frat life basically is what it amounted to. And, and so, uh, that's a, that's a, that's like not wanting to give up, you know, pennies for like a million dollars. Who know what? You just don't know when you're young. Amen. But, I, but back to the, the story about searching for a job. So right out of college, I graduate and I'm like, okay, I need to find myself a good job. And um, there was a job, one of the jobs that I pursued was a forensic scientist. And, you know, CSI hadn't come out yet, and I was really like, I'm going to be the, this guy. And, you know, when you get to it, it's a lot less glamorous than it looks on TV. But I remember applying for the job, the, the, the openings in the state of Illinois. And there was like five openings and over a thousand applicants. And I was like, oh, what are the chances? I don't even know. But I had an ace up my sleeve. I knew somebody pretty high up in the process. And so what was amazing was each time that, you know, the process was, was winnowed down, my resume would magically just kind of make its way to the next stack. And it kept happening and kept happening until there was only 14 candidates left. And so I find myself down at the Capitol in Springfield, Illinois, and I am before a panel um, of like five to seven, you know, very official looking people. And each one of us candidates is walking into this very big room, almost as big as this room. And imagine just a table on the end. And you're just like, it's like, I'm like, what are they doing to us here? Like, this is intimidating. And as we go through there, you know, my, my, my connection had reached its limit. Like it wasn't at that table. And, and so, but I, the, the, I remember the people there saying to me, Mr. Perez, so today of the 14 candidates, you are the only one here who does not have a master's degree. And I just thought, oh, that can't be good. And so then one of the panelists is talking to me almost in code. They're like, so here's what we would like you to do. Go back and get a master's and then come on back. 
almost as if like a wink, wink, they knew who I knew. And like, if I just did those little things that I would be welcomed back in. Right. And so I was like, okay, so I didn't get the job that day. But the truth is my resume had no business making it past all those loops. And yet the favor of just one individual had taken me all the way down to the last 14 applicants when there was over a thousand. And even though I didn't get that job, that is evidence of how favor can take us even in this world. And yet God's favor is even more amazing than that. Amen, church? All right, let's read in Acts chapter 18. We're going to start in verse 1. And uh, open doors are amazing things. It says, after this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontius who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent maker, as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Every Sabbath, he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, so no more tent making, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. But when they opposed Paul and became abusive, he shook out his clothes in protest and said to them, your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent, innocent of it. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Then Paul left the synagogue and went next door to the house of Titus Justice, a worshiper, worshiper of God. Crispus, uh, the synagogue leader, and his entire household believed in the Lord. And many of the Corinthians who heard Paul believed and were baptized. You know, um, it's, it's really, I just see so many similarities when we read the book of Acts to how God just opens doors. Remember, Paul had just arrived from Athens where he had, he had literally converted some people from like the Harvard of its day, the Areopagus. Not, you know, apparently not even a single scripture being recorded. He's just, he's amazing that God is opening these doors in these high profile places. And then he comes into Corinth and where does he go? But to the synagogue. And I, I love it because, um, you know, and he's working with, uh, with, 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 with Priscilla and Aquila there and, um, and he's and he's just kind of doing stuff. But even as Paul is working, I always think it's funny that when we think of a tent maker, we're not really sure how to take that. One thing that's worth noting is like if you were a tent maker in the ancient world, you were usually making tents for the military. Like this is not an Etsy shop that he owns. This is like an industrial type tent making job here. Right. And so that's important to, to recognize. I think just that Paul's doing kind of that hard work. But but you look at what's going on here. And when, when I think about open doors that we need to consider when we read stuff like this, the first open door that we need to really think about is, is ourselves. I think the main reason that the gospel message had such a powerful spread in the ancient world was because the apostle Paul himself was an open door for the gospel to move. And I love verse, uh, verse four. It says every Sabbath, he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. Just the, just the act, of being willing to reason with other people is, is part of being an open door. And I know that can be a real challenge for us, especially, you know, what we've experienced this last year. And just uh, the whole world has changed in just dynamic ways, hasn't it? Amen, church? You know what I'm talking about, right? I'm not alone on this. And, and so it can just feel weird. Like, what, what, is, what, are, what are the ways? How, like, where do I go to reason with people? Do I go online? Sure. And especially if, if you're online today and you're streaming, um, you know, make comments and, and, and engage with one another. That's part of being an online community. But, you know, at, at the grocery store, where do I go? But, but it's a matter of, am I willing to reason and persuade? Or have I lost that aspect of it? And I, I think a lot of us were kind of kicking the rust off the tires 
we're like, okay, I've got I've got to really get this thing back going, man. After after being kind of indoors for so many, and it's just I just think for sure the first open door that has to be is ourselves. I'm amazed at how much Paul continues his preaching, and um, and I think the more we become an open door, it provides us the kind of wisdom to see what open doors look like and don't look like. Because notice what Paul says in verse six. I wonder how comfortable any of us would be saying this, because this is pretty hardcore. Your blood be on your own heads. I'm innocent of it. From now on, I'll go to the Gentiles. Oh, he's so loving, isn't he? Paul is just such a great example of love. And we're like, wait, what? No, I mean, it's crazy. Like, could you imagine saying that to somebody to their face? Like, if I said that to this group right now, you'd be like, well, good thing he left. Like, Joel, don't invite that guy again, ever. Right? And so, like, your blood be on your own. That's a pretty, like, straightforward thing to say. It's crazy to me. And yet... Um, Paul recognized that they were a closed door. And I wonder if any of us, how do you, like, we'll reach, like, how many of us have ever reached out to a closed door for, like, a long time? I've been there, right? When you're just unafraid to say, you're, you're afraid to say that a door is actually closed. Now, again, I think it takes, uh, we should all be very cautious. I'm certainly not here to say, hey, you need to identify closed doors because, honestly, God is the one who knows those things. Amen, church? Let's not be, I'm not trying to encourage judgments that are improper. So I got to be careful with my words when I say those things, but but I but I do think um, there is some indication of of what we see here in this passage that is really helpful. Um, you know, Paul is reasoning with people in the synagogue, um, but he, and he wasn't afraid to reason with people. But what happens here is um, you get to see what open doors look like evangelistically. Now, um, I love uh, verse eight because to me. You can just kind of read verse 8 and slide by it and not realize that this is the kind of verse that Joel and I were talking this morning about. Like, this is the kind of verse we should include whenever we study the Bible with people. Because um, in, in verse 8, it says it this way. <clears throat> it says, Crispus, the synagogue leader, and his entire household believed in the Lord. And many of the Corinthians who heard Paul believed and were baptized. Well, well guess what open doors look like? They hear the message, they believe the message, and they get baptized. Surprise, surprise. That's what an open door looks like. A closed door tends to look the opposite. They don't want to hear the message. They don't want to believe the message. And they certainly don't want to get baptized. Right? And it's like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, that, that to me, I love verses like that because it simplifies um, things for me a little bit. Just understanding, like, it is good to know what open doors look like. When you cease, when you start reasoning with people and persuading people, and they're just like, man, I want to hear this message. You know that God has already done some work to open that door. We have a great message to share with the world, don't we, church? Amen? We, we have a great reason. And Paul's not just, he's not just going to the Gentiles right away. He's going to the Jews. I, I, we, I was really convicted this past Friday for, for any of the campus that are here or online. They had an international campus devotional. And so all the campus students from around got together. And there was this one brother from Lynchburg. I'm going to forget what state it was. But anyways, Lynchburg was the town. And he was just sharing about how much he had a heart for sharing the gospel with people who already have a religious background. And I thought, that's strange. I sometimes think the other way. I'm really more like, oh, man, this is going to be a tough, like, you know, thing here. And he was, like, just sharing how much of a heart he had for that. And I'm like, oh, that's convicting because I know I don't always think that way. And yet that's how Paul is. And, and here's where I think open doors are in places we don't even know. It's in places like my wife and I praying on a couch that God would send us Christians. 
it's it's all over Lansing. I guarantee it, right? And it's and it's not just on the campuses. It's it's our neighbors. It's our coworkers. Open doors exist everywhere, and they also exist within those communities where there's a zeal for God, but there's a need to learn more. And and that comes, you know, that's even further in the chapter at the end. You got Priscilla, Priscilla and Aquila, you know, sharing the gospel with Apollos. Another situation where God is reaching out to somebody who has some zeal for God, but needs to be corrected. And so, I, to me, this is just amazing. Is that you know, what is our heart for sharing the gospel with people who are already zealous religiously? Think about that. Because that's really, you know what we want to do? We want to make a judgment. Well, they're already on their path. Maybe that's the judgment you want to make. Maybe it's not. But there, there are judgments that we make about whether those doors are open or closed. And, and I think even in those judgments, there's an opportunity to see what God can do. And when Paul is done, literally the synagogue ruler and his household are now disciples. And I love it because, um, you know, when, when, after Paul says, you know, your blood be on your own head, I'm innocent of your blood. You know how far he goes? Arguably less than 100 feet. Because it's like, he's like, Paul went next door to the house of Titus Justice. So I'm like, oh, all right. So he's over there preaching the same message. And it gets, it gets crazy because, um, you know, Titus Justice, obviously it says he was a worshiper of God, which is a category of people. Like he was clearly somebody who was attending that synagogue. And so was Crispus. And how awkward would that to be to have like your synagogue ruler right next door? Like, your, like Joel's like doing a church right there. That'd be weird, wouldn't it? Right, church? You guys are with me, right? That would be weird. People are like, huh, what would that be like? I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll work on some things here, Joel, for you. All right? And, um, but it's just, I, to me, it just proves that there are open doors in even difficult situations. Um, and then it goes on, and the situation, I love this because, I don't know about you, but I sometimes, actually all the time, need encouragement, right? And Paul needed encouragement. There's, there's a passage in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 3. And it says that in Corinth, Paul preached the word with fear and trembling. Like Paul came to Corinth with fear and trembling, not with wise words. Now, this is the great Paul, the apostle Paul. And he came with fear and trembling. Maybe we have fear and trembling too. But then in verse 9, God sends him this, an encouragement note. Amen. It says, one night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid on speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one is going to attack and harm you, because I have many people in this city. I laugh because the very next verse he gets attacked. Um, but, um, so, but nobody's going to attack and harm you, because I have many people in this city. So Paul stayed in Corinth for a year and a half, teaching them the word of God. Arguably the longest place Paul ever stayed. And later you'll see that he stays even longer. It's like, it's not clear whether the it was just a year and a half or even more. But... Um, yeah, like Paul needed the encouragement. God's like, hey, listen, Paul, don't worry. You're not going to get attacked and harmed. And um, I think more emphasis on the harm part probably because verse verse uh, 12 is this. While Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews of Corinth made a united attack on Paul and brought him to the place of judgment. So immediately, like God sends you this note of encouragement and then you get this happens. I don't know where you, you your headspace would be. Mine would be like, thanks, God. What did you mean when you said I wouldn't be harmed and attacked? Because this is happening right now. And it's just a scary situation because there are so many things that we feel like when we think about open doors, there's opposition. There's always going to be, right? 
And I wonder for us even just to reflect on this, like what level of opposition does it take for you to kind of close your own door and stop looking for open doors? But, you know, it's great because Paul gets before the, the proconsul here. And um, just as Paul was, I love this, verse 14, just as Paul was about to speak, as he had done in other places, Gallio said to them, like he interrupts Paul, like Paul doesn't have to speak because Gallio, the proconsul, speaks. Just as he said to them, if you Jews were making a complaint about some misdemeanor or serious crime, it would be reasonable for me to listen to you. But since it involves questions about words and names and your own law, settle the matter yourselves. I will not be a judge of such things. So he drove them off. Then the crowd turned on Sosthenes, the synagogue leader, and beat him in front of the proconsul. And Gallio showed no concern whatsoever. This is intense. So literally the new synagogue ruler, the guy who likely drove Paul and Crispus and Titus Justice out, has now devised a plan to get Paul attacked and brought before the proconsul, and everything is completely churned on him. Notice God's promise is true here, isn't it? Now, I don't at all condone the beating of Sosthenes, right? Like, that's not a good thing. The fact that Gallio just ignored a violent crime shows you that the Christians weren't the only one persecuted. The Jews were persecuted too, right? Which always makes me wonder why they persecuted the Christians so hard, because they were persecuted very hard in the ancient world. And so Sosthenes, this whole thing just really works out bad for him. Um, but just needing the, like the assurance that Paul got, like where would we be in, in the sense of just even like God, God just makes us a promise. And then it seems almost immediately like the promise is not fulfilled, like exa the exact opposite thing of the promise. Like it doesn't, it's not always easy to read what's going on in this world. And it's just like, what does it take for us to kind of conclude that certain doors are closed and certain doors are open? And even in verse 18, right, it says at the end. Um, or verse 18, it says, Paul stayed on in Corinth for some time. Then he left the brothers and sisters and sailed for Syria. But it's, but it's just this idea that like Paul might have even stayed longer than a year and a half in Corinth. And um, I think this is, this is amazing to me because, as we talked about, Paul is an open door for the gospel. The, the question for us to reflect on when we read stuff like this is, how good of an open door am I for the gospel? So let, let, me, let me stop there for a second. Just reflect on that for a second. Like, am I an open door for the gospel? If I'm not, what's, what's kind of hindering that process? And, and, it, and it's good for an out-of-town guy like me to come because, you know, you, I, I don't know the congregation super well, but I understand that as disciples, this is something we need reminding of all the time. Like, this is not something, like, we never get so old as Christians that we're like, oh, I don't need to be reminded of that. I'm, I'm pretty good. And it's just one of those facts about being a Christian that we need to be reminded that we got to stay open in our hearts to advancing and sharing the gospel. And we need reminders that people are open. We need reminders that you could walk into the synagogue and find people that are going to respond to God's message. You, you can walk into you know, like 40 feet away to the neighbor's house and just work out of your home and share the gospel and people are going to become Christians. You know, Corinth was one of the most prominent cities in Greece. And, and Paul was just, he was among them in preaching the word. I think for us, it, it just begs the question, like, what is, what is the dream that we have even for, for everything that's in our community? And I think people are asking, where is the gospel message going to spread? Well, I think even as we read in Acts 18, it spreads through individuals. It spreads through people like you and people like me who themselves are open doors for the gospel. 
And I think the amazing part is that God is constantly doing work so that those open doors, when we go, it's absolutely going to make it easier for us to continue. You know, the last thing I want to say is that God is the opener of doors. He is the opener of doors in our own hearts, and he is the opener of doors of wherever you look. Even as we reflect this morning on um, what could possibly be happening, God's going to amaze us. He's going to do things that we don't even see. And all, all it takes is for us to be an open door. To me, that simplifies things. And you're going to see powerful things happen, and people are going to become Christians. And it lifts up the entire congregation. We need that right now, because even as we come, more and more people are going to keep coming back, right? I can't wait till you guys have more rows. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Like, we're spread out. More and more, life is going to come back to the normal. Even on my way here, I remember like we had a traffic jam on 294. I haven't seen a traffic jam in like over a year. I was like, and I'm like, I'm not even going to complain because this means life is coming back to normal. Like, I'm here I am on 294 and it's backed up. I'm like, oh, praise God. I guess I'll enjoy that. Because it's always backed up on 294 when you're coming to Michigan. That's just the thing. And so to me, it just, you know, like I'm preparing room in my heart. Let's prepare room in our hearts together to really march out and let God's gospel message just ring out to all of all of Lansing and all of Lansing area. Amen, church? Amen. So, so thankful to be with you guys. I can't wait to even deepen the connection with you. And uh, I'll invite Mr. Joel on up to, to share some thoughts and share communion. Amen. Hey, man, what a guy. I love Phil and Jill and your family. So awesome. Um, so encouraging. Um, yeah, I, I think... How, how does God open doors? Um, and, and some of the things that, some of the lines in, in that passage and what Phil shared, you know, Paul says, let your blood be on your own heads. But, but think about Jesus. Jesus is like, no, I'll take it. Um, Sosthenes, the synagogue ruler, gets beaten. Jesus is like, you know, he gets beat. That's what God did to open doors. And we, we take this meal right now together as a church to remember his work. You know, it's, it feels pretty awesome when someone opens a door for you. You're like, oh, thank you. I always wonder, like, should I touch the door a little bit just to show I'm involved in this? Like, I'm with you, or do I just walk through? What, what do you do? God has opened the door wide. You don't have to touch it. It's there. And I love the story of Phil and Jill praying like that, deciding to read the Gospel of Matthew. Do you know how many people in this city on our campus, they're like deciding to do something like that. They're wondering about God. God's opening the door, but but he needs a disciple to hold it. And I, I just think that's us. And so I want to pray for communion, uh, and I want you to think about what, what Jesus did to open the door. I also just want to invite you to, to check this out if you're, if you're visiting with us. Uh, even online, uh, our Go With God study series, gowithgod.org is the website. Uh, it's it's a it's an open door. It's the, that gospel message from verse eight. That one line, we've made it more complicated and put it into a book. But it's so you can see the whole picture. It's awesome. Uh, but it but that's what it is. I, I'd encourage you to check that out or or to grab one and ask a friend to start studying the Bible with you. This is this is you opening a door for somebody to God um, with with the booklet here. So I'll say a prayer. We'll take communion and we'll have one last song. Please pray with me. Lord, I thank you so much uh, for this message today. Thank you so much for Phil's words and just their encouragement being here this uh, this weekend and the encouragement we got last year from, from their church uh, and all the videos from the great uh, Christians there in DeKalb. Uh, we're so blessed to, have, to be connected uh, in our fellowship in this way. 
Uh, it's just a glimpse of how much bigger you are, uh, even in this, in this church here, God. Uh, I thank you so much for Jesus. Uh, when we you know, think about uh, hardship and we think about, man, attacks, uh, like what we read about today, Jesus knows hardship. Jesus knows the attacks, and, and Jesus still loves. Uh, he loves each of us, and he loves the people in our lives that we can reach out to and open doors for. And so I just want to praise you for Jesus as we go into this time of communion. I praise you for body. I praise you for blood uh, that we take as a church united right now. Uh, we love you, and thank you for this time of worship. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from the Lansing Area Church of Christ. While we're happy to share this message via podcast, we'd love to pray and worship with you in person. To learn more about our services or to connect with us, please visit us at lansingchurch.org. Have a great week and go with God. Thank you.